to the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Grachowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly LLC. What if I told you there's no set path on separating from the Army? If you are an active duty Army officer seeking to separate from the Army in the next 18 to 12 months, here's the deal. Stay tuned. The fact of the matter is, people out there are going to tell you that there's a set path to go on, whether that's pursuing an MBA or pursuing a certain internship path. There isn't. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You can write your own path. You just need to be able to filter through the noise. This podcast is going to provide you with interviews, one-on-ones, and personal experiences that help you create an azimuth to guide you on the path of separating from the Army. This isn't going to have all the answers, but it's going to help point you in the right direction. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in. It'll buff. All right, welcome to this episode of the It'll Buff Podcast. I am very excited for this episode. Today, I have a really good friend, uh, classmate, uh, West Point grad, football player, football brother. Um, and so just a quick introduction. Uh, so I have Zach Williams with me today, uh, and he is, I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, how, how do you want to be introduced? And I was so honored that he, you know, and, and so just here's, here's a little background of Zach, right? So he's a renewed follower of Christ, a husband and father of three boys, which I have, I have two little ones right now, one, two, and one is uh, seven months and she's crawling. So I have two movers. So I can only imagine how crazy the, 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 your household is. And then, so went to use map. So we're, we're prepsters, uh, is a, like I said, used my 14 grad. Um, he was a, his major was uh, leader in development sciences and, and army football. You know, he played four years there. Uh, well, five, if you count use maps and then an infantry officer. And he was in the hundred first 75th Ranger Reg, commanded in the fourth ID taught ROTC and uh, is also pursuing an MBA. And he, and he didn't put that in there, but you know, I don't know, just, just looking at you on LinkedIn, man, I would say that you're, you're you got the <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit. So uh, Zach, please feel free to kind of introduce yourself and um, just hit anything that I missed. Yeah, man. No, I really, really appreciate you having me on here, Grouch, man. It's it's awesome. And it's great to connect again, because I mean, historically, I've been terrible about, you know, keeping in touch with everybody. You know, everybody gets busy. I hate that word. Um, but it just it, it's a it's a part of part of life. Um, but no, I want to flip the script on you real quick. How are awesome. you? Man, like, I, I... Want to talk, I want to talk about you. It's been forever. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I appreciate it, man. This is the first time I've had the, the script flipped um, on, on me. This is great. No, I'm doing great. I think, you know, um, as I mentioned um, previously um, on a few podcast episodes coming into this one, um, coming out of a, a personal season where, uh, so I actually, the reason why I started this podcast was because transitioning out of the military was a little bit tougher for me um, than some of my peers. You know, I, I was jobless for four months and, um, you know, it kind of sparked this idea in my head that was, okay, it, I, I, am I the only one that's experiencing this? There's got to be different ways. And so I was like, well, let's just kind of create this, this podcast and talk about it. So anyways, long story short, I, I ended up getting a job at um, like the previous company I worked at. Um, and you know, I've been kind of telling people, right? Like there's, I've been going through some personal things. I can't talk about it. And I can officially say, uh, you know, on the podcast today that I actually, in, in fact, left worlds, 
Um, and so now I'm kind of just diving into the entrepreneurship world and really trying to uh, take on the, the craziness that is being an entrepreneur. And uh, I know you're you are experiencing some of that pain right now yourself. Um, yeah. it seems, you know, sometimes sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're looking around. I was telling I was talking to my wife last night. I was like, man, I all I feel like a farmer who is just, you know, laying the foundation for his crop, like doing all the hard work, yeah. you know, tilling the land, you know, you know, hoeing the rows, laying the seed. It's just like, oh man, you look, you look at your harvest and it's like, man, this thing might not even, you know, it might come to fruition and it might not, but just staying faithful. You know, I think, uh, just, I, I also am a man of, of God and I, you know, just staying faithful, just looking into the doors that are opening and closing and just really trying to be faithful in listening to that. Um, but one thing will always remain true for me. Um, I always love to talk to brothers in arms, vets, current, you know, military members who are still active, um, and just have a conversation with them. I think, you know, especially as veterans and active duty members of the military, we, we don't have enough conversations, enough hard conversations mm. that make us reflect yeah. on where we've been, uh, what we're doing and where we want to go. Um, and so, you know, asking how I'm doing, life's crazy. But crazy is yeah. good. Uh, crazy is good, right? It's like, you know, the story in the Bible when they're on the boat and Jesus is on the boat with them and it's, it's you know, they're all freaking out. And it's like, what What do you, Jesus, like, what are you guys worried about? I'm here. I'm fine. You're, you're going to be all right. You know? And so that's kind of, that's that, I would say that's the symbolism of my life. I'm on the boat. I'm like, all right, the waves are starting to get a little bit too big. Like what's going on yeah. here? And, um, but it's good, man. I really appreciate you asking that. Yeah, that's awesome. No, man, I think this podcast is great. Like, I was listening to the episode you have with Chris Carnegie and it was great, like getting to hear about, you know, where he's at and his transitioning story. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just another way to catch up with them, you know, and it's uh, I think it's great. And then I think this this whole thing is going to be great for people, you know, getting out who are on the brink of transition or thinking about it and different things to consider, you know, and living through different people's experience. I think it's I think it's great what you're doing, man. I think I really do. Awesome. I, yeah, I really appreciate it. I, I've, I've mentioned this several times before, you know, transitioning out of the military is, is at the end of the day, what, what are you doing? You're getting from point A to point B, right? Or, you know, you're from uh, military terms, you, you're got your SP and you got your objective, right? Now you do so much planning and so many different, you know, create all these different courses of action. And what you realize is like, you know, it's like, all right, once you start wargaming this thing, you're like, Oh my gosh, there's so many things I didn't plan for. There's, you know, 19,000 different ways we could, you know, we could, we can get this done. And, um, and so with this, all I'm trying to do is just really kind of have people come on and also paint the perspective. I think sometimes we get locked into this idea that we need to do the same thing that that guy did or that girl did. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's they're they're not you or you're not them. And reminding, reminding people of that, Hey, this, this person's story was crazy, but you're, you know, your person, your story is also crazy. Just it's a different kind of crazy. And that's great, right? Like, don't there's don't don't conform to the norm, if you will. Um, but uh, yeah, without further ado, Zach, I, I just, you know, start with kind of we're, we're, we'll dive into your journey, you know, kind of just think back to that point in your military career where you kind of started to think, okay, maybe, you know, you have you had that that decision point, right? That, that point where it's like, okay, do I stay in? Do I get out? You know? And then, yeah, just kind of walk us through that, that journey of yours of, you know, being in the military, making the decision to get out and kind of everything that happened thereafter. Yeah. So 
what I'll really say about it, man, is like it was the hardest decision my wife and I had to make. Uh, we met so many great people in the army, and I, I think it you know would be doing an injustice to the army to just kind of you know blow past it and talk about transitioning and it just you know people like you know Chris Solis, who I had the opportunity to to serve with and just learn from like people who are larger than life you know just you're only going to meet those people in the army it feels like you know just just amazing leaders people who really care about other people um it 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 was hard it was hard um you know going back to our experiences, you know, at, at the 101st, meeting great people there, and then carrying on in, in the Ranger Regiment and learning just a completely different way of life, you know, going through different crucibles like deployments. Uh, but then we also always had a support network. And sometimes when when you get out, you, you're out there on your own, you know, you have your family, but sometimes it doesn't seem like the same. You know, you lose a little bit of the support network and then you just lean on you know, brothers that are, that are going through the same thing. Um, or, you know, even, you know, hopefully you have some people at work that you can lean on as well. Um, but yeah, then, uh, you know, we went through some different crucibles at, at uh, Ranger Regiment. And, you know, that was the point in time where, uh, you know, that when I did lose Chris, you know, he got killed on our last deployment, you know, saving, no telling how many lives, you know, that he saved that day. Um, eventually receiving the Medal of Honor, which was, you know, very, very rendered, you know, and I was happy that that happened uh, for him and his family. But, you know, just people, what Chris really taught me was, you know, how to be a leader who truly cares about your people. Mm. You know, a lot of people think, hey, leadership's just about the, you know, the vision, you know, leading from the front, but it's also taking the time to stop what you're doing and then look at your people mm. and then, Hey, is there somebody struggling with an issue that they're sitting next to me talking about? And then I'm still sitting here typing, you know, trying to get what I need done. And I'm like half listening. That's what Chris was great about. Like I remember one time we had a, we had a young ranger in here whose pay was messed up. And then, uh, you know, we, he was talking about how he was struggling because he just had a newborn baby and they needed to, you know, pay for diapers and formula and all this stuff. And to me, I'm like, you know, still sitting here typing and I'm like, Chris has got this, he's listening. But then Chris, you know, hit me on the side of the leg and he like pointed over here and I was like, wait, what? So that, what that was just telling me is like, Hey, pay attention. This is what's important right now. Your con op or whatever you're doing can, can wait till later. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, the, the lessons that I learned from him were just astronomical in my, you know, forming as, you know, a next level leader who could care, you know, who cares about people. And that's what I really think set me up best for command. Mm. Um, honestly, if I, if I never had the opportunity to work with Chris, I don't know if I would have been set up as well. You know, he just, you know, that's the, that's the kind of person he was just, type of guy you meet once in a lifetime yeah. um, you know and then there was just er, you know everybody there you know from uh, you know the the lowest ranking ranger all the way up to the battalion regimental commander like everybody was phenomenal and it was just awesome all the people that we got to work with uh, then you know after that we went to triple C ended up commanding out in 4ID uh, that was an awesome experience got to really learn 
how to shape organizations. I think that 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 was what the difference in in command was. You know, from time as a PL, kind of had a unicorn thing there. I did like thirty six months as a PL. Never did XO time or any of that. Wow. So, yeah, true true unicorn there. But it just worked out. Or maybe I just wasn't good enough to be an XO. Probably, <laughs> probably, the, probably the true probably the true uh, the true reason. But no, man. And you know, we got mixed up in four ID. Got mixed in with some more good leaders. That's that was just the, the 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 story of us in the army. Just getting mixed in with great leaders. I can't tell you how blessed we were in that. And you know, great leaders that get mentored from. And you know, I got mixed in with uh, Colonel Salee and Colonel Chastain. You know, those guys helped helped me really understand how to shape how to shape culture. You know, Chris taught me that too. And then as like an organization, as a like a whole. You know, they, they, like larger organizations, I should say, they, you know, mentored me through the shaping of that. And so that was just another phenomenal aspect, you know, that I got to learn from. Um, and then from there, we end up uh, going to Ohio State, taking a job out there, teaching ROTC. And it was just a different kind of experience, man. It was, uh, it was, it was awesome getting to now shape and mold the future leaders as well as taking a little bit of family time, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't think it was quite the the knee that everybody thinks it is, because okay. there's still a lot of work to be done in Cadet Command, and it's completely different from West Point. Um, but you know, great experience. You know, I learned so much from those, you know, those kids out in ROTC, and then uh, got to learn from uh, Colonel Kelmington. He was, uh, he was, uh, you know, the head out there. Uh, the PMS out there and man, he was just, he was just great to learn from. And all of our, all of my colleagues there, it was just, it was just awesome. Uh, and then we started the NBA. Um, and then while we were there, it was just, that's when I really feel like God started turning us in a different direction. You know, this is a, uh, it's kind of doing it an injustice, I guess too. But while we, while we were at 4ID, while I was in command, dude, I just like completely, I don't want to say completely neglected my family, but my work-life balance that everybody likes to talk about, it was terrible, man. Completely teetered in the side of, you know, giving the troop everything I had. And then I, I really just, I didn't take the family time that I needed to. Um, and so we went down this, rapid downward spiral and then the what my you know wife Haley was dealing with some postpartum depression we got mixed in with some addiction some financial troubles and we were I mean we were at the bottom of the pit man we were like literally in hell uh yeah and it was like we had to go there for God to wake us up and you know there's before then it was like every problem that had come up in our lives there's always a solution you know, inherently we're problem solvers. So problem comes up. Hey, we got the answer. We got a solution. This was the one time that it was like, there was no answer. And I just remember being on my knees, looking up to God, like, Hey, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I I can't do anything. I need you now. I need you here. I need you now. And then that's when everything started changing, man. So, and the reason I say that is because it sets the tone because before I wouldn't have listened 
I wouldn't have listened to where God was kind of steering us. I'd be like, no, no, man, this is my plan. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to ILE, we're going to do the 20, whatever. Um, but we listened a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And there was just, uh, it just felt like a lot of dis, like a discontent. You know, there was frustrations where there shouldn't have been. And I mean, I, it wasn't a bad job, man. Like, I, I really loved it. Um, but there was just certain things that it was uncharacteristic that was driving me away. Um, but I really think that was God just saying like, Hey, we're going a different direction, like get ready. Um, and then, you know, looking at family stability, I was really like, Hey, I'd messed up this whole family time thing so bad in command. Right. So I was like, Hey, what can we do to, to get some stability? What can I do to invest more into the family? And so then it was like, hey, we might need to look at getting out because I just got an email saying like, hey, you're coming up on the early majors list and everything. So we were going to move again. Mm. And we had moved every 18 to 24 months. You know the deal, man. Like, um, So it's like, how do we produce more stability? And the answer was just like, you just got to just got to get out. I wish yeah. I had there was a better answer, but I was just like, I don't know how to guarantee that. And then the icing on the cake was Haley's grandmother passed away. Um, it was very unexpected. Uh, COVID hit both her, her grandma and her grandpa. And it ended up taking, taking her grandma's life. And so nobody in the family was really in a position to help take care of grandpa. Like her, her parents, absolutely, like my wife's parents would have, you know, definitely stepped up there's other people in the family that would have stepped up it would have been a a lot different they would have had to uproot pretty much everything that they have been you know permanently staked in for a a hot minute where we were kind of on the brink so it just god's timing worked out perfectly to where it's like hey you are ready to go and then god it was very clear that he was like hey you're gonna go and you're gonna you're gonna help out in this situation so there we go Put in the paperwork. It was a quick packet, dude, real quick. And uh, then we end up moving out here to uh, Benita, Oklahoma. And, you know, that was that was really the transition, man. It was super, yeah. super fast, super fast. Uh, but it's good. It's great. That's, wow. Uh, hey, man, first of all, I think, thank, thank you so much for sharing kind of just that personal journey alongside the professional journey. I think as we dive in and talk about these things, you know, as I, as we mentioned before, we were, we we dived into this episode, right? It's, it's so important to have these conversations and reflect upon, you know, where we were, how that shaped us to where we are today and and how do we carry that forward? Um, I really, I I mean, man, there's just, there's just (laughs) so much to unpack there. Like, yeah, Yeah. I, I remember when I was like, I'm I'm like, something tells me when I talk to Zach, this is going to be one of those stories. (laughs) that's just going to be unbelievable. Um, And again, I'm so thankful for you coming on, man. I really appreciate you spending your time. One thing that I want to hit because right. I, the the name of the company that I, I, that I'm, that I'm trying to grow is five and fly, right? It's that, that ode to the West pointism of do your five years, get out. Um, and, you know, I always in that, right, it's one of those nomenclatures that I want to uh, apply to the company. So it's kind of an easy thing yeah. to think about, but it's not always about getting out of the military. I think, you know, that five year mark, a lot of people get to it for, like myself. I, you know, I, I was 
I don't know if it was really kind of a fast track or not, but um, I was in the first triple C class for my year group, um, you know, and got, but came back to Fort Hood. Um, funny story about that. I, you know, I, I was at, you know, we didn't want to go to Fort Hood, you know, Kate yeah. and I, like we got Fort Hood and we're like, this is going to be horrible. Then we get to Fort Hood and I would say in the same way that you guys had a strong community, you know, at the 101st, I didn't have a strong community specifically in first Cav, but uh, we got plugged into a church down here and that community became my strong support community. Um, and they, mm. you know, they pursued me on uh, deployment um, and they cared for my wife really well. And, and that just really helped shape the mold for us. And, you know, that's, as I've mentioned, that's kind of one of the, one of the key reasons why we decided to get out of the military, uh, but down the road, but you know, I, it came to that point, right. Where I, I come back to Fort, so I am at Fort hood, go to triple C, go to the lovely post of Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> and then, and then go back, then come back to Fort hood. I'm in Devarty. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm in the three shop, like every good, wonderful post triple C captain. Um, and you know, just doing my job and the, the Vardy commander comes in and he's like, Hey, um, you know, like you're, you're, you're PT stud, you, you know, you're doing all the right things. You, you do great work. You're committed. He's like, uh, I have a command slot for you in the next, you know, eight to eight to 12 months. And I was like, well, this is awkward, sir. Cause I was actually <laughs> going to my refrad packet, you know, <laughs> and, it always uh, seems to happen uh, like that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he was like, really? And I said, I said, yes, sir. He's like, well, is there anything I can do to convince you to stay in the military? And it, to, to your exact point, it was stability and not necessarily like, you know, like to your point, right. The, the, the good old, the say is in work-life balance. But, um, for me, I just, my wife and I were, were trying to get pregnant and we finally got, it took us two years to get pregnant. And that was a very mm. hard season of life for us. And part of that was because I was at Fort Sill and she stayed in, you know, uh, Austin, Texas. And, uh, there's a very physical, uh, aspect of trying to get pregnant that becomes impossible yeah. when you're in two different <laughs> geographical locations. And, yeah. um, and you know, and it was one of those things where we, we were just like, we finally had gotten pregnant and, you know, I don't know if I wasn't gotten pregnant, how that would have panned out, but I was like, sir, you know, I just, I want this ability. Our community here in, in, in Austin, Texas is so valuable to us that we don't want to, we don't mm. want to lose that. Now, then you also have the other end of the spectrum of talking to people and right. It's, they want to pursue that command and you know, you did that, you had the mentality. So, and then you, you still ended up getting out of the military. So if, if we could go back to that and just kind of reflect on that stage of your life. Right. And I know there's that shaping moment that happened while you were in command, but you know, what in that time, helped you to decide to take command and, and pursue that leadership path yeah so i man i'll, I'll tell you it, and it goes back to just falling in line with some with some great leaders uh you know after after we left 175 and you know everything was still fresh with with chris's death and you know but we didn't none of us went through the proper grieving process um you know even after after he passed it was like you know, I was in Jordan, my guys were still in Afghanistan and it was like, Hey, there's still a job to do. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the nature of the beast. And then when we get back, it was like, you know, some ceremonies and then boom, 
we had to we had to go to M Triple C, and so the grieving process never really took place like it should have, because then you get thrusted into M Triple C and it's a lot of busy work, and it was never really time to just slow down, reflect, and honestly, man, I got super deep into alcohol, you know, having, uh, you know, having dreams and everything, and it was like I I had to you know drink six to eight beers every night just to you know, try to numb it and sleep. Almost fell out of triple C, honestly, um, because of all this. But then luckily wife helped, helped wake me up and I got hooked up with some of the chaplains, um, that we knew at one seven five. And so that helped us get through that. But then I was still, we got to four ID and then I went to the brigade three shop, you know, just like you. And as we were there, um, I, I didn't know if I wanted it anymore, man. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I was like, I was kind of in a spot where I was like, do I really want to do this anymore? You know, and I was, and it wasn't like the right thought process. It was more so just, just kind of quitting because I didn't think anything could ever get any better again. Mm. Um, it's kind of a dark place, but then the RS three, Johnny Mahalan, man, he was, he was great. He was an old two seven five guy. And then I had a great support network, uh, with some, some other captains in the, in the three shop. Um, you know, Eric Jones, I think you may have known him. He, he was at West Point and he played handball and stuff. He used to play football. He's great dude. Um, but yeah, a lot of these great guys and that's, that's what kind of renewed, you know, my energy to stay in. Cause I, I'd always wanted to command, but then, you know, these guys kind of helped bring me back up, um, to where I had that desire again. And so that was great. We all ended up commanding at the same time. You know, and a major, I think Colonel Maholland now, um, you know, he was, he was still the, the brigade three and just, you know, it was, it was just a great time and it, it all happened perfectly. Um, and so that's, that was kind of the transition point to where it was like, Hey, I, we, I wanted to take command, but it just took some kind of renewing of that energy and that desire. If that makes sense. Mm. No, that, that makes perfect sense. I think, yeah, no, that, that makes absolutely perfect sense. And I think for me too, and maybe for other people out there, that that's an important lesson to, to hear because that's, that mindset doesn't go away when you leave the military too, right? Like as I'm finding mm-hmm. out, you know, in the corporate world, it's, I've, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of walking through this like five and fly methodology and, and we're going to get to it at the end of this episode, but starting with your why and and developing your why, right? Like, why am I doing life? What is, you know, it's, it's having that vision, that mission, Mm. those values, right? It's like, okay, I want to go summit that mountain, you know, and I want to stand on top of that and look around and and see what I did. Um, And it's what what goes you along the way in the, one of the most important parts of that, which I can't stress enough to people who I, I talk to um, is, the, the need of a support system, right? And that's not just buddies, you know, or I don't really know like the, the female version of buddies, but we'll just call them buddies. Uh, yeah, buddies all yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like these, this, this people, it's not just hanging out and having a good time. Like that's part of it, but there's also this aspect of like the, the providing energy, providing life, you know, checking in on each other, having these hard conversations of like, Hey man, what's going on? You know, like asking those hard conversations, asking those hard mm. questions in those conversations that yeah. 
are so important. And, 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 you know, I think for me, unfortunately, again, like I said, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but I think reflecting back on that decision, I just wasn't around the people uh, who had that mentality. And, you know, there was like onesies, twosies, but I wasn't around them enough. And so I kind of fell into that thing. Like, oh, I'm going to get out of the military and all my problems are going to go away. Um, yeah. And here I am today, a uh, guy out of the military and all my problems didn't go away. It's just a different, <laughs> set, different, different set of problems. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, okay, all right. It's just uh, say, same thing, different story, but uh, you know, it's, it's great. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think, you know, cause command is, is such an, I have a, I have a friend uh, here who's actually in kind of our, at the Austin stone, we have what we call missional communities, like our little small church group in home church. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's, he did three commands um and you know i talked to him and he was just you know i was picking his brain on it i was like what was it like and you know he has he has a a a pretty interesting mentality on it but uh you know he was just like it was great it was it was like everything that i thought it could was and now you also mentioned in going to command and i think this is so important especially as you seek to transition to the civilian world, right? This is, you said this is the first time you had the ability to shape a culture, shape a, mm-hmm. a, an experience for all the individuals in your organization. And, yeah. you know, the big, one of the big things in, in getting into the civilian world is, is, you know, quote unquote culture, right? Like how can you be a culture fit or how are you going to help influence culture? Um, you know, and, and, and I don't know, we can dive into this now or a little bit later, but we can kind of talk about it. How, so in, in having that experience, how do you feel with, you know, you're kind of in this quasi state, like, okay, like I'm in, I'm committed to being in command, but I'm still unsure how, like, how did having that shaping experience, um, help prepare you for, for this, the civilian corporate world? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, kind of going back to the purpose of like taking command, like that's one of the things like me and uh, at the time Major Mahalan sat down about and I was I was thinking about how because he, he pushed us to do that. He was like, think about how you want the culture in your company or troop, you know, start thinking about that now. And so when it was on the brink of like, hey, am I going to do this or not? It came down to, you know, Major Mahalan was like, hey, would 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 Chris want you just to quit? I mean, I, I mean, if it's for a good reason, sure. But how can you utilize Chris's legacy to shape a culture and make people's lives better? Mm. He's like, that's what you're going to go do with this troop. And I and then at that point, that's what really sparked it. And then for, for 18 months, and it wasn't an easy command, dude. Like, um, we had... Is this there, was is doing, there an easy command? Is there? No, I, I, there is that right. is a hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. But I just want to lay this out for you. So, two months into command, we're out at a platoon live fire, and squadron commander comes out there, and he's like, "Hey guys, uh, we just got word that there's a massive pandemic. I guess that's about to happen." Um, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah, dude, they 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 can't find toilet paper anywhere. People are freaking out." And I was like, "What?" Literally two days ago before we left, everything was fine. And then it was like the world was falling apart. And so that's what, I mean, that was the rest of my command was co it was like a COVID command. And so it was, it was, uh, it was super, it was super challenging due to some of those factors. But then when you look at, Hey, why am I really here? Like, is it, is it to 
gain all the your your troop or company to gain all these accolades and just be better than everybody i mean some people may see that but then it's like hey it's really here to make people better it's here to improve their lives you know make them better at you know being a soldier or a leader like that's why we're really here so i think everything everything renewing through that you know driving through you know chris's legacy and using it to shape a culture like that's that's what really clicked for me and then transitioning into civilian world like you can take these things like i think the culture aspect of the army is what we can really take anywhere in any facet of civilian life you know you're going to start a church hey the the cultures the culture facets that we learned in the army you can utilize there or if you're going to go into corporate world hey cool you're going to start your own business you know that's all these things can be utilized so i think that was a big shaping moment you know, for, for me. And then, uh, you know, something that I'm always going to utilize moving forward, you know, regardless of what that culture looks like, you know, in command, it was 103 people, you know, here at Bell Tower, what we're, what we're working at now, we're talking 10 people, you know, so, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's one person, you know, you, what can we do to make people's lives better and help them care for them? Like, that's what, that's what leaders are here for. And, uh, you know, drive the train forward. So, man, that's uh, that was thinking back to one of the things like to me, I thinking back to, you know, the possibility to take command. uh, I honestly, whatever, being being a commander to me was not necessarily something that I was like, oh, that's something that I really want to be. But I was like, I would love to be back in a position to where I could have this cultural influence where I can inject faith-driven values into an organization mm. and then have people be like what what like sir you're different like what that's as a platoon leader right that like i i when on my yeah. deployment you know i was on i was on my deployment and i had you know there's one night where i just basically lied to my wife and you know we had a i was like hey you know whatever i was gonna go out with the guys and we were just gonna have a good time and um I don't want my wife to worry. It's really dumb, but I left my location services on us and basically told my wife, I said, Hey, um, I'm going to bed. I'll, I'll see you in the morning. And then here I am at two o'clock in the morning, you know, out with the guys, <laughs> not doing it, not doing anything crazy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But just, just did a lot. And so then that just instilled. And then, you know, my wife called me out and she was like, Hey, uh, you're not leading me in any aspect. Well, and I was like, it's always, that's like the last thing as a man that you want to hear, right? Like you're not leading your wife. And so the next thing you know, like, bought a uh, systematic theology, had that on my desk because I was reading the Bible every day. And it just was one of those things where people, it, it mm. had people ask me questions, right? Like, sir, why do you, like, why do you bring your Bible to the field? Like, that's so weird. And I'm like, look, here's, here's why. Right. And I would go through it and it gave me that opportunity. And so thinking about taking command was that next step to like, okay, I can have this greater influence on a, a larger amount of people. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, but to your point also, right, it doesn't need to be 103, it could be 10, it could be two, it could be 3000, you know, yeah. uh, that that cultural aspect is so important. And the really kind of other side of five and fly is helping educate companies, small SMBs, right, small, medium businesses, like, hey, you're, sure, you're getting an employee at an organization, but you're also getting somebody who has literally been a part of crafting cultures, in shaping organizations to 
you know, grow and instill, like, make something different, make something their own and have, you know, some of them aren't completely successful and some of them are very successful. Um, but yeah. you have this, per like, and just, like, the idea of, like, a creed, right? You know, like, having a creed to, to live, live, live by. And I know, you know, you got the, the Ranger creed and I was not fortunate enough to, to go to Ranger school, but, um, you know, I wanted to and I wanted to be a part of that brotherhood, but it is what it is, being a, being a, a, yeah. a red leg. Uh, so, but yeah, go go ahead and interject. I, I don't. No, man. Like, uh, and one thing, one thing I do want to like hit on a little bit that you talked about earlier that also made it extremely difficult. So you talked about getting a church support group, and this mm -hmm. was this is like pivotal in my mind for for people who are getting out and believers who are getting out that possibly relocate because you, you could have a bad time. Like it could be a bad time if you, if you don't have this support network, but in Ohio, man, this is, we got involved with the church called Sycamore Creek church and it was just an amazing church. And we finally got involved in small groups mm -hmm. and that's when things really started to, to turn, you know, we had the major event in Colorado. It woke us up. Then Sycamore Creek helped shape us. And then, also got into the chosen series don't know if you've ever seen that oh, amazing love it. love it that yeah that that was different that hit different for me because i'm a terrible reader now mm. so then as we're moving along once i started getting into the word like mm. actually reading the bible it that's when everything went to a different level and i think that i was truly saved mm. um because you know, everybody sees this aspect like, hey, uh, I go to church, I got baptized, like I'm good, I'm good. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, it's a struggle for, it's a struggle for me to buy because once that change really seated in and took place, you, you, you obviously change. Your tastes are different, your desires are different. And then you get started to get asked the question like, hey, what's, what's going on with you? What, you know, what, uh, you're not the same person, you're not the same guy, blah, 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 blah. Like there, there are, I'm, I'm sure a number of people that we played football with that we went to school with that would hear this podcast and be like, this is not, no, man. Like you're telling me the same dude, did you tell me the same dude that was on the beaches of South Padre Island, like raging and of the flesh and trying to please everything of the world is on here talking about God and faith. Like it just, and I don't blame them. That's the biggest thing, man. I don't. I don't, they have every right to say that yeah. because I, I, it makes me sad the person that I was there, you know, and I, I think about some of the people who really had it right in my mind, like, you know, the Thomas Holloways, um, you know, the John Crusades, people who were in the word, who were living their life, you know, I thought in a good way at West Point, but I was of the world, dude. I was walking with sin because it was comfortable, man. Mm -hmm. Sin, that's what, sin is comfortable, and that's why it's hard to, it's hard to break. Because um, everything I was doing there, it was like, I just wanted to be the man. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted to out-party everybody. I wanted to, you know, have more girls than everybody. Like, it, it was just all the wrong, stupid things, man. And it just makes me, it makes me sad. And yeah. what I'm super thankful for is that that me is dead. And awesome. I think that's what really where a change really takes place and like where you're really safe. Cause even in the, even in the, like in the army up until we got to, you know, 
end of Colorado to Ohio, I don't know what would have happened to me if I would have died, dude. I couldn't sit here and guarantee you that I would be in heaven. I think it would be, mm-hmm. if it happened, it'd be like, man, you you barely made it, dude. Here, come on in. Like, eh. I, I think that's how it would have gone. And that would have been a very, have been very sad. I would have maybe made it, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, man, it just, I don't even really know. Uh, but th- yeah, that support network is crucial. And that's where it was really, really taken our faith to a different level. And it made it extremely hard to leave Ohio. Getting out of the army was one thing. Leaving Ohio because of those church friends and, you know, fellowship we had there was extremely difficult but then we get to oklahoma and then we get involved with the church family pray center it's a smaller church it's a um i don't want to say older church but it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that a lot of churches have you know the coffee the smoke machines the lights but it's a phenomenal church man like they take a van and go downtown and pick up kids that can't they don't have a ride to church they bring them to church and they feed them. And I was like, dude, this is church. Like, it's not it's not about the coffee. It's not about the the rock show, which is those things are great. I'm not not going to lie. They're great. But this is what it's about, man. Like giving people the opportunity to come to Jesus that may not have it otherwise. And like, what are we doing to to do that, to enable that? And then you look back at your time in the army like you did that was awesome like you know you were uh, i think you said a platoon leader and you were reading your bible and people were asking you questions like i i'm sad because i feel like i missed opportunities you know as a pl or even in command to like really show my faith and then maybe change people's lives that way cuz i was like i was making a worldly life better maybe mm-hmm. but i wasn't doing anything for these people eternally you know mm-hmm. i was uh maybe having a conversation here and there about it, but it, it could have been so much more. And there's yeah. so much, so many, so many more people in the army that, you know, need it. I don't know how people do the job without it, you know? So that's man, that's, that's so true. I think there's, there, I mean, there is just so much, there's just so much truth there. I think in, in the army and I think what happens even, even for the strongest believers out there that are in the army you fall victim to this sense of um being you know indestructible right indestructible right you have this you have this i'm the man i'm in charge of all this organized chaos right like Mm. i have like i have the command authority to go blow stuff up kill things you know you know move mountains whatever and it, it, it does. I mean, it goes to your head. It's just one of those things. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, that's, I fell victim to that in the military. And so I had to fight very hard into that. And it became this thing where I would talk to people and they would find out that I was, you know, a Christian and they would say, oh, well, you're judging me. And I'm like, absolutely not. That's not even remotely. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, all the Christians I run into, they say, oh, you know, you're doing this wrong and that wrong. And I said, look, here's the fundamental baseline difference between you and I is that we are the same. We are both, we're the same. The only difference is I know what I'm doing is wrong and I'm trying to turn away from it. Like Mm. to your standard, to a worldly standard, you could be doing everything right and that's great. But from an eternal point standpoint, 
you know, you're, you're lost. And that's the only difference. I'm just as bad as you are. And I know that. And it, you know, it honestly hurts more for me because I know that I'm bad, right? We're like, yeah. you might not know you're bad. And so it's one of those things where it's just, yeah, I had a lot of opportunities. You know, I was able to, I was able to, to, you know, part of me, like there, that was another part of me where I was like, man, should, and a, a friend of mine, he, he's kind of working with that right now. He's like, should I get out of the army or should I stay in and, and continue to be that light to the people in the army that are lost? And I think, you know, you just got to reflect that. I've had a few people that are, you know, believers and talk about kind of, you know, I got to remember what your, your, your loves are yeah. in order, right? God's number one, your, your wife's number two, your kiddos are number three. And then kind of everything else falls into place after that. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, if, if you can't take care of those three things in that order while you're in the military, then, you know, maybe that's one of the a, a deciding factor. Um, for you. I know that was the case for me. Um, you know, like I said, I knew if I stayed in the military at some point, I was going to have to leave Austin, Texas. And the thought of leaving that community <laughs> was like, I didn't care about leaving Austin, Texas. Like we love, we love Austin. We, we are, my wife and I, we are Texans through and through now. You know, uh, I don't know where our kiddos are going to go, but we, we uh, half of our friends are, went to UT and half of them went to A&M, right? And it's just like, a, we're just a battle. And so I like to throw a little, you know, a little wrench in the fire here now and then and, you know, whatever. Yeah. And ha- have some fun with it. But either way, we're Texas through yeah. and through. We didn't want to move. Um, and so that was another another factor. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah. go ahead. Dude, yeah, and I, I was just going to say, because before it left my mind, like if, if it wouldn't have been for Haley's grandmother's passing and us mm-hmm. needing to really get, we were really called to come here and take care of Richard. If that wouldn't have been a factor, dude, we would still be on Ohio. Mm-hmm. I, I, I promise you right now, just, just because of that church, like sure. The ROTC, the job was great. We, we probably would have got out. I had a gig lined up with JP Morgan. Um, would have been great. We would still be in Ohio. Uh, but it was due to that fact. And then, there's a couple other things like to me, what, what started to get very hard in the army and some people are very good about navigating this and others, uh, like me struggled. So some people lean on that spiritual pillar mm-hmm. of the, what is it? The holistic, uh, the holistic approach to a soldier. Or what, I can't remember what they called it, but anyways, there's a spiritual pillar in there. And then some people like current, like, uh, our PMS Colonel Kelmington would be like, Hey, you know, the spiritual pillar is there for a reason. If you don't have faith, this is mine. You could try this and think about think about some things. And then he would lay it out for them. Me, I would have to kind of do it in code. So, mm-hmm. for instance, like our MS3s, they had their big op order briefs, you know, and everybody gets nervous. It's their first time, you know, whatever. And I would tell them things like, hey, when you're about to do your op order, just say, be like the birds. And they'd be like, ah, oh, sir, what does that mean? Like, hey, do you ever see a bird flying around all stretched out and everything? No, they fly around freely. They fly, fly around freely knowing that, I would have to say, nature is going to provide for them. Mm. Really, it's God, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you're kind of preaching to people in code, um, which at the end of the day, it was like, uh, I, I started to struggle with that. I probably teetered more towards, because you never want to feel like you're pushing your faith on somebody because you may you may come in line with uh, someone who's uh, Islamic or uh, you know atheist who knows you know um, but that's that's what started to become you know kind of a struggle 
I think, because it was like, hey, we're we're starting to part ways. But I can definitely see where some people are like, I need to stay in the army because there's lost souls here that I need to be a light for, hundred percent. But it's just all like, where is God calling you? Mm-hmm. That's that's what it all boils down to. That's it. And uh, well, into that, you know, well, I, I'd be I'd be reminisced if we didn't if we didn't cover the uh, you know the other side of the transition. Um, and so you, like like I said, right, transitioning from the military to civilian world is going from point A to point B, and you have a million different you know paths to getting there, and you know, quote unquote, mm. being successful, right? And so you have this this <clears throat> this life event, this shaping life event in your life that happened that you know you just had this calling to jump into quite an endeavor if you will um you know going to bell tower core and, and and taking on this this new business life um yeah just uh, you know kind of kind of unpack that a little bit what that you know like kind of you uh, i don't know how much you want to dive through the transition because like you said it was just like it sounds like it was a quick turnaround filled out the packet did the stuff got out yeah. and now you're now you're rocking and rolling um yeah so kind of dive in like you know what what does that look like um, how's it going? You know, I mean, I follow you on, on, on LinkedIn and it seems like you guys are you're rocking and rolling, but yeah, share, share more on that. Yeah, man. Like the only thing that I would say about the, the transition process is the hell, the whole thing with the VA, like it, 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 it kills me because there's some people that have a great experience. They're like, Oh man, everybody that I worked with was awesome. You know, they were yeah. really wanting to help me out and stuff like that. Other people are like, it is terrible. You know, uh, my stuff still isn't done, blah, blah, blah. I had like a medium middle of the road, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, too, if I would have had more time to prepare, that that would be my advice, VA advice. Just start preparing early. If you're thinking about getting out, do the 18 months like everybody tells you, you know. Um, just didn't really have the luxury of that. But no, like some people I worked with were great. And then there was this one lady that was just, uh, she was going hard at me, which I understand because, you know, there's, probably some people that are frauding, frauding out there or whatever. Um, but she was like, Hey, why wasn't any of this on your post-deployment survey? And I was like, ma'am, if I were to put that on the post-deployment survey, you know, what's going to happen. I'm not going to be on the next bird that goes out. <laughs> so it's just like, it, it was this weird situation. It's, it's working out, whatever. Um, but yeah, that was the only thing about that transition. So coming here, uh, I will, it's, Bell Tower was kind of a, a byproduct of us coming here for Richard. So came here and it was like, hey, you need a job. I need somebody to take over this this business eventually. This looks great. I would love for you to do it. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I came in here and Richard has been, Richard's my wife's grand, grandfather. Uh, he's been in the tower industry for forever. I think he's got like 63 years of experience. I mean, wow. just crazy. Um, probably has the the last living ex- like largest experience left in the industry, uh, but so it's been phenomenal being able to learn from him. Once again, God putting a great leader to mentor me um, into my life, and you know learning the business side. He's been doing this since 1991 and even before that. So it's just been a phenomenal opportunity to learn from him. And then really what we're looking at is uh, just more updating. That was my piece coming in here. It's like hey they've been doing things so long and it's been working, but it's like, Hey, how, how can we take it to the next level? Um, and I was working with Richard, you know, updating the website, getting things digitalized, um, you know, hiring new people that we needed, um, and looking at, Hey, how are we going to shape this thing for the future? That's really, you know, where we're at now. 
win the switch over or whatever, you know, me purchasing the company or somebody else purchasing the company or I, who knows how that's going to go. We're just leaving that up to God now. But it's been a great experience, man. I've learned so much in this, you know, eight months, this short time frame. Uh, wouldn't change it for the world. But I, I will tell you, like, at first, when you, we talk about purpose, once we get out, right, a lot of people, this is like the buzzword. you got to find your purpose. you got to find your purpose. Like, find something that means something to you in the civilian world. I'll tell you, man, I sat in that office one day, and I'd cranked out everything I needed to, and I was sitting there, and I was looking at my computer, and I was like, dude, I used to, like, prepare people to wage war, and I don't know what I'm doing now. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to make money, you know, yep. like, well, what's going on? And then diving more into the word, hey, at the end of the day, no matter what the vehicle is, no matter if you're in the army, if you're a pro football player, if you're owning your own company, if you're in corporate, hospital, doctors, whatever, everything comes down to the sole purpose of spreading the word of God and leading people to Christ. That's it. Yeah. That's That's our purpose, no matter what it looks like possibly you know reproducing if you can sure we should try some people don't have the ability right and that's okay there's other <clears> forms <throat> ways to do it um but at the end of the day that's what it boils down to and i think prior to people getting out if they if they got right in the word it would be so much easier because dude i went through some some rough times with this because i wasn't as strong in my faith as you know i probably am now but a lot of it was uh, tending to be more worldly, man. Like, mm. I didn't even want to come on here because I was like, I was telling you, I was like, dude, let's wait till I purchase this company, possibly, because then I'll be more interesting to you. I didn't think I had a lot to offer, but that's like, that's more so the devil working in us, right? And so, yeah, man, like, that's, that's where we're at now. And then also, um, I own a driver's ed school with my dad down in Texas, uh, we've been doing that since I was at West Point, but I've been able to allocate some more time to that. And also, number one, ultimately, family life. Like, that's what's great with working with Richard. You know, if his granddaughter has an issue, I just pop over and I he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, go help her. Go help her. Do what you got to do. Like, you've been away from your family forever. Like, he is super accommodating and understanding to that. So that's meant the world to me. Um, so, yeah, man, it's it's going it's going really great. And then it's like, Hey, what's, what's the next step in this, you know, faith journey? You know, what's, what's God going to call us to next? Cause Haley's been, um, you know, she's looking at a, a job with the FCA. She's gotten really involved with youth groups over the past couple of years, you know, sharing her story. And so really what everything is boiling down to is like, we're just trying to, trying to get right and lead people to God. Like that's, you know, that's where we're kind of at. Man, that's so that's so cool to hear. I think, uh, it just it really it just I, I I like I said I I remember back when when I first asked you to come on. You're like I don't know if it's gonna be interesting. I'm like, dude, it's gonna be the most interesting podcast. I say that to every. I, just like I I don't think you. I mean, even even people that I know that are civilians that you know, I was like, hey, they're like, oh, you started a podcast? What is it? Let me listen to it. And they're like, dude, that I learned so much from that. Not even being in the military, like just being a civilian, how to apply some of these practices to to to, to my own life, right? And I just there there's just so much in in our stories 
you know, to your point that it's like uh, our, our MC is reading a book called uh, Loving Well. And it was mm-hmm. all about um, there, there's there's a chapter called like providing love. And what what real like what one of the things that he hits on is this idea that God works in the mundane, right? Like mm-hmm. Jesus, while he was on earth, could have done so many more miracles. But what's more amazing is that he did he didn't do those miracles, right? And he let people figure it out and just love them in the everyday tasks. And I think to your point, you know, again, like I said, this is, you know, I, you know, I'm not like a, a big faith pusher just like you, but I, I'll always talk about it and I'll always talk to people about kind of what is calling me to do that. And at the end of the day, I remember when I set out to start this journey on, on starting five and fly, yes, do I want to make profit? Do I want to make money? Do I want to provide for my family and multi-generational wealth? Yes, that's what I want to do. But it's more to me about having these conversations talking to people, creating this community that paves a path for people coming behind us, right? So somebody who is that, you know, faithful pursuer of God that wants to get out of the military can listen to It'll Buff episode, you know, 19 and yeah. be like, uh, yeah. you know, like, oh my goodness, yes, uh, that is, you know, what I need to do. And so that's, that's, that's what this podcast is all about. And like I said, man, I, you know, I'm so thankful that you, I wasn't, I wasn't ever going to yeah. push you to come on. I was just going to keep, I was going to like kind of gently keep tapping you like, Hey man, you, you know, how you doing? What, what, you know, you're like, Hey, hit me in two weeks. And I was like, all right, reminder on calendar yeah. two weeks from today at 1030, reach back out to Zach. <laughs> um, but no, I, like I said, I, I really appreciate you, you know, come on, man. Your, your story was absolutely amazing. This is such an awesome podcast. I can't wait to get this out to the world um you know like i said i i i, I always like to respect people's time we're, we're getting to that you know hour mark and start landing the plane here and again yeah. thank you for everything that you shared i know we kind of covered this and you know you talked about purpose in your life um but again i always like to ask people because I, this is the thing that i challenge people first and foremost to do it again i we talked about this before it on right is 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 starting with your why because if you're and and your why can't and as you mentioned it can't be salary it can't be company it can't be position it can't be title it's got to be something internal that's tangible right it needs to be something that's tangible and but it like isn't because those things are going to come and go right whether it's you going from company to company or salary to salary or whatever or like Hey, your time on this earth gets cut short, right? And I know some people don't like to think that, but it's like, you know, especially in the corporate world, people and people are experiencing more and more stress and more and more, you know, problems and diseases because of just the nature of chasing that, right? And so, uh, yeah. So, so Zach, what, you know, what what is your why for getting out of the army? Yeah. So, at, I mean, at the end of the day, man, getting out of the army, it just it just came down to like where God was where God was steering us, and it was more so like. You know, we, up to that point, we just hadn't listened very well, Mm. specifically me. I was always wanting to drive the, drive the, you know, drive the car, but it wasn't, it's not my job to drive the car. It's to be obedient um, and submit. That's the biggest thing. Like a lot of, I know I keep coming back to this, like, dude, I just can't, you know, can't stop. But a lot of people, they say, accept, accept Christ into your life man, I, I, I think that needs to be like abolished or something. It's more like we submit like we, because it's like, it's like, we're not giving up anything if we accept it. No, mm-hmm. dude, we're like, so we're submitting it. So it's like just giving God the reins that ultimately 
was why we got out. Um, but then you look at the purpose. So I don't like having a goal of, you know, like you were spe- speaking about making more money. It's not a bad thing because mm-hmm. it's more like what is the intent of the money? Mm-hmm. I will tell you right now, man, like one of the biggest driving factors is like giving and um, do like, and I know, I know we're trying to push it to get done, but no, you're good. Keep going. I have Keep one, going. bro. I had one PL, right? Oh man. Well, he, he PL the XO, And when I was in command and he came and sat down in my office and he goes, sir, like I'm, I'm going to get out of the army. And I was like, and I did this stereotypical, Oh dude, come on, man. Like go back to ranger school. Like you do, like you're going to, you're, you're so good for the army. And he's like, I was like, what are you going to do? And he goes, God's calling me to sell everything, move my family to New Zealand and become a missionary. I was like, what? Like, you just had a baby, dude. You just had a baby and you're going to go to a foreign country. And he was like, yeah. And dude, they, they did it. And now they're at this university in New Zealand. And man, like, I would love to make even more money just to, just to support them. I never, I... I hate that churches, uh, missionaries, and thing like anybody working for for God is feels financially strapped, and they may have to make decisions that would cause them to either leave what they're doing or change the way they're doing. And, and I hate that. So yeah, it's like, what is the intent of the money? So, you know, if it's greed, if it's to compile worldly things, like yeah, man, that's, that's trash, and that's gonna be fleeting. It's gonna be fleeting. There could be a lot of uh, fulfillment, though, in helping helping people, um, you know, achieve their purpose and ultimately God's purpose for all of us. Um, and then one one thing I really wanted to hit on, man, um, is because a lot of people tend to like run from God. Um, they they just feel distant, and I've been there. Like I know I w- I was there, you know, a couple weeks ago. I, it was like I was hitting this wall, and I was like, dude, what? what do I need to remove? And then, you know, I I just remember asking God like, Hey, what, what about me needs to take place for me to go to the next level? And there was, there was sin that I was unaware of. Um, and I'm not branding everybody in the army, everybody that deploys and kills somebody that does this, uh, you know, a murderer. Right. But God showed me like, Hey, you've been living a lie because I was operating on the assumption. Like I had a flag on my shoulder so when I deployed and we did what we had to do, um, it was justified. But then, which is true, I, I do believe that, but then it was like God saying, but look into your heart. What was in your heart? Were you defending the country, freedom, and the way of life of the American people and destroying evil, or did you have a lust for blood? Mm. Was it worldly? And it was 100%. Mm. And so him showing me that, was get you to the next level and I, I i had to repent for things i didn't even know and so if it feels like that you know even for strong believers people hit these roadblocks every once in a while i've heard you know hear stories all the time but that that may be what that may be what is driving it you know like figure out what it is between you and god and just ask him because for me it was that sin like that was it was like the the big thing holding felt like holding me back. Um, and then the last thing, man, like I want to leave, leave you with, cause I was like, Hey, what do I, you know, 
God put something on my heart to share that, you know, everybody needs to hear, you know, if they're going to listen. But uh, Mark 8, 17 through 18, man. Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes. Can't you see? You have ears. Can't you hear? So this is basically, man, saying like, now we, we know better. And it's mm-hmm. making making the choice to not submit fully is hardening our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and dude, like, and I, I just like really wanted to drive home. Like if I can do this with everything, you know, every <laughs> all the people who are probably going to listen to this, everything that people know about me and like, this is what I'm pushing towards now. Anybody can do it, man. I was, I was terrible. Like, te- I think I was a terrible person um, with everything I was going towards, you know, back in school and everything. But, you know, that's what, there's, there's hope. There's, there's hope here. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of just how I wanted to, how I wanted to end it um, and getting that word out, man. Amen. Dude, that's so that's so encouraging. I, I, that's, that's so true. I think just as, as officers, especially as believers. And I think, again, it goes back to, we fall victim to that mantra of, you know, we become these people who are just feeling that we're indestructible. We feel we're indestructible, right? It's like, I, I always tell people, I'm like, you'll ne- just like, you don't, you'll never, unless you were in the army and you know, you're shooting a 50 cal or you're, you're riding around in a tank or you're riding around in a howitzer and you're launching rounds down range or, you know, you're shooting a 25 Mike Mike out of a Bradley, right? Like you're doing all these things that's like super destructive and you're like, I can wage destruction on whatever comes in my path. And that's what you're taught to believe too. And that starts mm-hmm. to get into the way. And, you know, that, that word that you brought from, from Mark 8 is just such a refreshing reminder for me to hear of, hey, like, yeah, even though that's the case, and to your point exactly, like those things are good, right? Like there is war in the Bible and there is war for a good reason in the Bible. And we are called to submit to be soldiers in that war sometimes. And, you know, it's like, but, but what is the reason behind that? And, and again, yeah. what we, we know better as Christians, right? Like that, hey, this thing ultimately is not, can become, you know, a, a, too much of a, of a good thing can turn into a bad thing. Um, and you know, and I just, I, I just love what you said earlier too, about this comfort, man. I, 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 this is like my third company. I tried to start a company up a while ago, like a fitness apparel company and, uh, you know, didn't go, didn't go as, as planned. But one of the things that I always preach was seek discomfort, whatever you do, seek discomfort, because when you're uncomfortable, that's when you find out Mike, the verse that I always go back to is Romans five, uh, you know, three through five. Right. So it's like, uh, being, being, you know, being, let me, let me, let me, I don't want, I don't want to butcher it. Let me, uh, get, get on the old, uh, oh, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, on the, on the, on the app here. And I should, I, at one point had it, had it remembered, but, uh, you know, good. I was in Romans six. So, right. So it's, um, not only that, right. So he's talking about through Jesus, we have access to faith, but not only that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And it's just, I, I go back to that all the time, right? It's like it, suffering, right, is where we learn the most about ourselves. Um, and so, you know, 
to all listeners out there, I'm not saying that going through this journey is a, you know, I'm not saying going through this journey is a giant suffering process, but I am going to promise you, no matter what anybody tells you, you are going to encounter some sort of suffering when you go through this journey. And, and, and that's, and at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do at five and fly is just help prepare you holistically to take that on and create a, 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 a plan to take that on. But Zach, dude, this is awesome, man. I, uh, I'm, I, we're, you're, we're kind of like, I'm, I'm all over the place with series and things that we're doing. And, um, you, you honestly, I don't know, we, we'll have to see, we'll have to talk about it, but, uh, I'm going through a series as well right now. That's uh, words with, uh, army spouses. Right. So getting, oh, getting this, yeah. getting this, getting the spouse side of the journey of transition, because I think that's important. And, uh, so yeah. I don't know, you, you'd have to talk to Haley and see what she says, but we, I'd love to have you back on, even if that's like, you know, the next episode, two episodes oh, yeah. back, I, I would love it, uh, to just, Oh dude, you know, I'll sit, talk to her. She would, yeah, It'd sit be down good. And, and pick her brain. But all right, guys, uh, the, uh, Zach, again, it was so awesome to have you on this podcast episode. I, I, again, I, if nobody listens, I learned so much from these episodes and I cherish every single one of these conversations. Uh, and you guys heard it. We're still working through that. Um, that that words with the spouses uh, series uh, that'll be closing out soon, and then we're gonna dive into that entrepreneurship series. I got some people lined up for that, and I'm super excited to have those people on. And then coming up soon, Zach. I don't know if you encountered him, but uh, I'm gonna have Doc Z, Doc 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 Zinzer, right? So, uh, oh I, yeah 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 yeah. So Doc Doc Zinzer is gonna come on and talk about uh, you know really what he wrote in his book the confident mind and and you know what how do you build a comp- confident mind what does that look like how do you apply that and again going through the suffering you got to have a concrete you know a confident mind to get through this and, and land those jobs good ones. but guys thank you so much for tuning in this episode zach thanks for coming on and remember guys it'll bug <laughs>